Welcome back to Discologist Fellow Music Lovers. Before we get to your show, I would like to talk to you about supporting the things you love. The fact that you are listening to my voice right now tells me that you love what Eduardo and Kevin do, or at least would be into exploring a situationship with it. Good news! You can now support Discologist with a one-time or monthly donation by heading over to www.discologist.com support. If you're more the type to wear your support, Discologist merch is back for a limited time at www.discologist.com merch. Two great ways to say I love you to a product, which is only weird if you make it weird. Thank you for listening. Now let your experience begin. This isn't like uh, this isn't like leftover cheers from the Grammys. Oh, yeah. No. This is. I. Uh, this, is, this is all the people who were happy that Trevor Noah is no longer trying to make jokes. Yeah. Wait. Oh, come on, man. Did you? <laughs> Damn. Uh, the Grammys <laughs> happened. You know. You know. I. Uh, I. One of my goals this year was to basically be a, a Grammys member. Uh, okay. And but you have to have a sponsor. Like I put out enough material, but you have to have a sponsor. Uh, okay. So I need to track that down, and and I and I did like point people in the right direction that I think it was more important that they maybe had they are members of, of the Grammy Association than me. Right. But well, uh, when they do become members, they can sponsor you. That is true, and that and that is that yeah. is the goal. Although I saw our, our, our friend Jason Hawk Harris, he he wants to give up the Grammys because he thought. Boy Genius didn't win, but Boy Genius unfortunately did win. Uh, anyways, uh, did Love you watch? Did you watch the Grammys? I watched. I watched most of it. Um, nice. I watched it. Uh, I did not watch it live mm-hmm. um, because I had something better to do that night. What was I doing? Oh, I was at trivia at Lost Generation. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> which, which, uh, frankly, I think is better than 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 the Grammys. It probably um, is. So I watched it the next day, and I had the benefit of of knowing. Uh, that there were going to be a couple of big moments. Um, and uh, maybe it's because I wasn't watching it live that I found Trevor Noah to be like profoundly unfunny. But I was like, I don't think, I think my mom could have written a funnier monologue. Man, I, I had the exact opposite delivered. reaction. Really? Yeah, because like his job isn't necessarily to be funny. It's to keep the show going. So yeah, he he told some bomb jokes, but he also like looked at the camera right when he did it. Like he knew they were terrible jokes. <laughs> There's just a, you know, it's like, there's a kind of comedy now. I don't really know how to describe this, but it's like somewhere between like Jimmy Fallon and like Burt Kreischer or something like that. Okay. And it's yeah. just like, like dudes who were like, who have been told their whole lives that they're funny, but are not all that funny. And I can't tell if Trevor Noah is genuinely funny or not. I thought whoever, whoever wrote his jokes for the Grammys, I am not a fan of their work. I will tell you, he has a, a new Netflix special uh, okay. that has what I consider to be possibly the best joke ever told by a human being. Well, that's, it can't be the best joke. I think it is. I think it is. I just saw, I I I just saw Shin Godzilla. Godzilla. That entire movie is the best joke (laughs) that has ever been told. (laughs) That's true. But there's a whole, we are, see Godzilla cast. We could do this. Yeah. I mean that, I mean that is high praise. Yeah. 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 Uh, No, it really is. It was, it was after he told it, 
uh, I, I was just sitting there, uh, and Daria's jaw too. Was, our jaws were just on the floor. It was so so amazingly constructed, and and not best joke like you laughed the most. It was just like, holy shit, how did you do that? So hmm. so thoroughly enjoyed his hosting, but you know the performances were I think what really like got it. Their performances on the Grammys were actually great. Uh, there, there wasn't anything yeah. uh, really wonky. Uh, you, a lot of a lot is will be said about Joni Mitchell, and I think a lot should be said about the Joni Mitchell performance. Sister Strings from Milwaukee was up in there. Yes, um, yes. Playing there, uh, Lucius from Chicago. Uh, they mm-hmm. were up in there, uh, and it was. I think her performance more than anything summed up what was great about the Grammys is that you went into it thinking this is going to be. This is going to be the standard stuff. This is going to be like what you expect from the Grammys. And with Joni Mitchell, I think I I thought, well, this isn't, she's older now. Her voice, I don't expect her voice to be anything like it was like in the 60s and 70s. But, you know, what happens, yeah. people's voices. Yeah. And within a second, like, it, it was like getting hit upside the head like, you are wrong, motherfucker. And and it, uh, this human has moved so she's inhabited her voice, her space. She just owns her her person. Uh, and and it was, I think maybe not even a minute into it, like everybody in the room was ugly crying. Yeah, it was such I, a I, deeply I, human moment. I mean, it's unreal. I would almost always rather hear someone, a singer whose voice is maybe less controlled or acrobatic than it was in their youth, but they've picked up like weight and experience and, you know, there's like, there's like a lived in quality to that, to that voice that I find really important. I almost find it less interesting when someone is like, you know, uh, 40 years into their singing career can still sound like they were, you know, like they did in their twenties. I really like, I really like hearing how someone's voice changes over time. So I thought that was a really um, it was really powerful. And, and, you know, she'd hinted at, she re-recorded, um, both sides now, maybe 10 or 20 years ago You're or right, something. Right, and her right. voice was already sort of like deeper and huskier. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was really remarkable. And also just a good reminder of like, you know, she is more than her voice and her lyrics. Um, you know, she's always been interested in kind of, cool arrangements she's always been sort of i think musically really really advanced right Mm -hmm. it's not for nothing that like um a lot of the jazz guys have tons of respect for her um i think i mentioned to you that when i saw i saw charles mingus's uh widow uh read a bunch of years ago and um and when Joni Mitchell's name came up, she was immediately like her face lit up and was just so you know it was just so clear that there was so much respect for Joni Mitchell there yeah, despite despite all the kids finding out about her blackface face, which happened after the yeah. Grammys, I, you know, I, I um we, we've been having conversations offline about this about uh knowing your history and how yeah. and how it's in this information age, this accelerated information age, it's really hard now for a lot of people. So we can't really blame people for not knowing this stuff, even though it's out there. Even 10 years ago, I think, like, it was, that was just, like, common knowledge. But now, I mean, he would pass through something and be like, no, what are you talking about? I just saw her at Newport, and she is fantastic. And that was the first time I saw her. Why would she ever, yeah, and, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's problematic. 
go white people. Also, I mean, I think it also <laughs> sort of it. I mean, I mean, there's a there's a there's a simplistic quality that we have of like you know is like blackface is bad and yeah. it's it's bad when people do it. Um, and I'm not I you know Joni Mitchell doesn't need to be defended. I don't I don't need to defend it. Nor do I really want to. But but you know just just because blackface is involved doesn't automatically make her uh you know an instrument of um white hegemony uh you know there are there are sort of nuances it's it's kind of the same thing with people flipping out about um travis kelsey yelling at andy reed on the sideline as if it somehow means that he's like a terrible toxic dude like that's like you really need context to understand some of these things and and again like i realize i just did sort of parse what Joni mitchell did and sort of defended it i don't know that she's spoken to it or whatever, but, but, you know, let's, 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 let's allow some consideration for, uh, for time context and for the fact that she was also dressed as a, as a man, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I don't, you know, and I don't think we need to equivocate even with that. And I think, you know, this is a thing that happened. You should look it up. Uh, yeah. you should find out it's more bad. about it's, it. It's, it's not bad. It, like, it's not great, but no, it's, it's but, not. Like, but, and, but, and, and you should, but it, does, but it doesn't mean she's like marching in Charlottesville in khakis and a, and a polo saying, right? Right, right. So, so, so the point being is that you should decide like how you react to it. And I, and I think, look, any reaction is valid. If you're like Yasmin Williams, this is how I found out the, the kids know about it is like, she was all oh, over yeah. Twitter posting about it. And, and all the points she made about it were in fact valid. And she was just mm-hmm. able to collect that information in the thing. So if she's like, I'm done with Joni Mitchell, that's okay. Sure, sure. I mean, Respect. I mean, this is the thing. It's yeah. like your actions have consequences, and this is like there's some separating the art from the artist, you know, and whatnot. But, but, uh, you know, I I think as you grow older, though, you do tend to take a longer view of that, simply because you're you're on the planet longer. You know, it's it's also like just to to go back to that that point about Joni Mitchell and jazz. I mean, I mean, Joni Mitchell wasn't she wasn't a white person who never coexisted or collaborated, worked with, was friends with people of color, right? right. It's it's you know you know to me there's a big difference if you're like if you're like a white person who just who who is always surrounded by white people who has never had any experience of black culture or whatever. I think it's more likely that in Joni Mitchell's case she may be. Uh, and this is something that 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 uh, we white people do sometimes, which is like you know, uh, one set of people maybe give us a pass to do something or or act a certain way, and we sort of act as if that pass is uh, portable and and universal, and um, it's really not. So like whatever relationship she might have had with like Joe Henderson, you know, all those sort of cats from the from the sixties and seventies, yeah, like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't give her license to do to do what she did. No, no, not at all. No. Um, and so, so while her performance wasn't controversial, the aftermath was. Uh, other thing that happened yeah. at the Grammys was Jay Z, uh, and, and that, that was remarkable. Uh, yeah. And he, he got up there with their daughter, and he called out the Grammys for his wife, never Beyonce, ne- never like winning album of the year. Now there is something to be said. I mean, first of all, this is unlike what Taylor thinks. This is not a fan oriented organization it's i mean it's business oriented right. Right. it's a business association yeah. so so definitely they look yeah. at sales but it is all it is your peers it is artists artists do all the voting on this so you know i i don't want to really get into uh necessarily did beyonce deserve the album of the year that year uh you know she just didn't win 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like I thought Lemonade was clearly the best album of that year, maybe one of the best albums of the 21st century, if not the best album of the 21st century. Uh, but like even our friend Ab does not agree with my assessment of that. Right. You know, um, so. Some people, some people think uh, her sister released uh, a better record that year correct, than she did. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so that, that is all up for, you know, the voting was what it was. There are institutional problems of racism in the Grammys historically. Yes. Um, and that is why there's been a movement to get more people of color into the Grammys. Um, so, we, so, so this is all moving forward. But good on him for calling it out. But that was just the start. Yeah. That was just the start of Beyonce's domination. She had an ad in there. Beyonce's had a <laughs> Beyonce's had week. a week, huh? She had an <laughs> ad in there, and uh, and it was announcing new music. Uh, I don't know if they've announced the name of the album yet. Uh, there is there were two songs she dropped at the end of it. I think it was a Verizon commercial, maybe. Uh, one of them is Sixteen Carriages, and the other one is Texas Hold'em. A uh, lot of discussion mm-hmm. about this. So. Uh, how Beyonce works, how we know that she works, is she is one of the world's historical best, biggest superstars. And uh, so she, the the Bayhive, is it Bayhive or Beehive? Uh, I believe it's the Beehive. She's the Queen Bee, right? Okay, yeah. It's spelled Bay, so we know it's Beyonce, but I yeah. believe it's the Beehive. Yeah. I, you know, uh, don't take me out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah right so we do so, we, we do like beyonce i promise <laughs> so it is clear that like this is like country influence and, and i say that and immediately anybody hearing this on the internet is going to cringe if they're on if they're in the beehive in the discourse uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so so but we can both you and i can listen to these songs and be like pretty objective about them right it is yeah. pop country there's no doubt yeah. about it. texas hold them right yeah I I and and I want to I want to add to that that I think most of what plays on country stations and most of what you hear even at the country music awards is also pop country. Yes. Like I think it is I think it is I think I think I think beyond Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's so pop it's country. Not, yeah. Would you agree that 16 carriages is not a good song in just on its own? Yeah. yeah. Um it didn't 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 do much for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 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 that's yeah. our that's our baseline. That's where we're starting from. Yeah. Um, so, but the outrage has been all about uh, and some great articles about the history of of black artists in country music or lack thereof. They're all they're all valid. I I'm not mm-hmm. sure how much they have to do with this release though. Uh, you know, if it sparks that conversation, that's great. Because yeah, she is. And look, this has been serviced to country radio now. This is what happens when for radio stations. Country radio is basically the last big industry in in radio, yep. and and so they get service. So, like a label targets <laughs> like radio stations for for this. Like, this is what we want you to play. Not quite payola, but not not not. Uh, yeah, not it's not not payola. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. not payola. At any rate, it was officially serviced. Um. So there's a lot of reports saying that uh, stations were bullied into playing it, and like that's actually not that true. Uh, if you're, right. it, I mean, look, and this is put aside what you think about, like, say there's an old white dude or whatever running the station. He just runs it. He runs that station that he has a job that, and he might be racist. He might be biased, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is that he gets a list or she and says, this is what you're serviced with. This is what we're playing on. it, And so he's not going to expect, he might not even pay attention to like trends or anything. Right. 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 So he's not going to expect that Beyonce made a country song all of a sudden. 
And then, and, right. and so of course he's gonna be like, no, we're not playing Beyonce. Service to him? <laughs> of course we're playing Beyonce. So, so that's right. gonna play out. My only question about this, and it's this is not a big discussion, but it is gonna lead into song time, uh, is I, people are really excited for her to take over country or whatnot. Uh, but I don't know that the people most excited really listen to country because she's doing pop country. And look, pop country is not great. It's just not. <laughs> I mean, by I mean, design. It's, it's, gr- it's great. It's great, but it's also terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so it's yeah. it's not like, yes, she had Rhiannon and Giddens on this. It's fantastic. Right. Uh, right. Because she's Beyonce. She's going to get like all the people that are great on her records. But like, is it really... If you're just talking about the quality of the art, like the move to get out there and be like, yeah, she's taking the country. Like, no, she's taking it to Florida Georgia line. Right. And Morgan Wallen, right. which fuck Morgan Wallen, but, <laughs> but yeah. it should be taken to, but like the song actually to me sounds more like a chick's song uh, than anything, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the, I think they're good end of pop country, but they're still like pop country, especially now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the, uh, the my thoughts, my thoughts are that uh, to the extent that you know Morgan Wallen is is considered country or is, so so like Beyonce should get the same all the same considerations and privileges that Morgan Wallen does. So uh, any 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 station, any outfit, any venue. Yeah. that views themselves as like, we play Morgan Wallen here, should play these new Beyonce songs, assuming the rest of the album is sort of in line with, with Texas Hold'em. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to me, categorically, there's like no difference there. Um, you know, you and I can sort of go, can, can kind of go galaxy brain on this and just be like, well, you know, most country is not really country. And, <laughs> well, yeah. <that's... laughs> uh, right. And then there's the whole um, Mike and the Moon Pies, who, you know, are no longer Mike and the Moon Pies. Silverada. Um, yeah, Silverada. Definitely a country act. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no doubting that. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of this space and artists, you know, looking for a way in, right? Because we've got Post Malone um, lurking in the background. <laughs> There's, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Lana yeah, Del Rey. Post Malone and Billy... Post Malone and Billy Strings hang out, right? Yep. So um, Lana Del Rey, and then and then of course the you know the 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 wide lens here is that uh, in the countdown to Taylor Swift's re-recording, uh, she's got Reputation to go, and then it's back to her self-titled, which is oh, really man. a classic country record, and that is going to be that'll be maybe late 2024, 2025, and that is going to be pitched as the biggest homecoming, right? Taylor comes home to country. Um, and it's, and it's partly because, yeah, it's still the one part of the big machine, the big music industry machine, uh, that makes money, that moves units, that works the way, uh, execs understand based on, you know, uh, what, what happened in like the eighties, nineties and early two thousands when FM radio was still, you know, a relevant, uh, uh, source of revenue and distribution for artists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, and I, I just think like last thing, like, uh, Andrea Mitchell, um, let me. Oh no, Andrea Mitchell is on this. Is talking about this? No, 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 not Andrea. Mitchell, sorry, <laughs> Andrea, 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 Andrea Williams. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to edit that out. Uh, fantastic writer in in Nashville about country music. Um, also wrote a, a, a book about the uh, Negro Baseball League. 
that, that's, that's fantastic. She's a fantastic writer, understands all these issues, put a great post up on Tennessee in today. Uh, and and it, it addresses all the issues of black artists in country music and, and why it's important. So everything we just said, if it changes this dynamic, then nothing we just said is, I mean, nothing we just said is really important anyways, but like, it's really not important. Like, and it doesn't matter what any, look, it doesn't matter what any white dude thinks about this. <laughs> period. Right. Right. Um, so, so if Beyonce changes the country industry for the better, good on yeah. it, 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 um, and, and, and I'll say that I think that, you know, to the extent that to me, to me, the interesting dynamic here at play in terms of, you know, race and, uh, and country music, however we're defining that, is really what um, a movement that a lot of people think kind of started with the Carolina Chocolate Drops, but yeah. really predates that, right? But, um, and there are today some really just wonderful practitioners of this, Hubby Jenkins, Jake Blunt, um, a couple of folks like that, um, Alvin Young, Blood Hart. Um, who who really are are looking back to like before modern country for the roots of black music in the roots of yeah. American music, right? Um, and that stuff to me is fantastic. You know, I I really I really think that's the stuff that like I want to celebrate. That's where you can reclaim, you know, because you're going back to the source and you're saying no, actually at the source this stuff belonged to black people. The banjo belonged to black people, not to white people. Right. It was it was sort of taken from them and then kind of mainstreamed. Um, and then black folks weren't allowed to play what was then called hillbilly music. Right. Um, so so I think I think that dynamic is really interesting. And I hope that there are some artists who maybe get a little a little a little bit of exposure and an opportunity to really sort of, you know, move the needle um, in terms of their public perception and and just how popular they are um, for, for those sure. for the folks can working get, at that can level, they get on you know? country radio though because I think the country the actual country yeah. radio machine is what we're talking about it's it's not that this stuff is yes. happening yes 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 anybody saying yeah, this stuff and that stuff is not playing yeah, and that stuff isn't playing yeah. white white people doing doing like old roots music either yeah, 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 right yeah. they're they're just playing polished yeah. country yeah and anybody yeah. anybody uh, saying the stuff isn't happening is not being honest with the readers. yes. Yes. Like, so it, it's specifically a country radio. Um, but this brings up uh, genres, if genres are important, right? And, uh -huh. and you know, is it important? Like Beyonce can hop. I mean, she always sounds like Beyonce. So, But she can hop between genres yeah. and stuff and assume stuff. Uh, like we said, this sounds more like pop country. Uh, but another person who's been playing with this lately is Brittany Howard. Uh, back in 2019, uh, she put out an album called Jamie. Uh, you, most people, I mean, most people just know her as Brittany Howard, I think by now, but for a while yeah. it was most people knew her as Alabama Shakes, which was, right, right, which was like middle aged white dude coded like soul, you know, you had yeah. three white dudes yeah. and a black woman with a great voice. And, and, and like, I, I don't have to explain why that's kind of problematic, <laughs> you know, but that's. Yeah. That's that's what people are drawn to. Uh, even though it was fantastic, a little more jam band oriented, I think, but it, it was is great stuff. And Britney, yeah, good sound, good like tight songs, you know, sturdy songs. Um, 
And uh, but but you're right, definitely definitely coded for the people who felt like they aged out of the white stripes and uh, yeah. were ready for something a little bit calmer, you know. Yeah, or or wanted to dip into ethnic music. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. If I'm being completely honest about yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Um. And uh. So so she has she has a new album out called What Now. Uh, our friend Brad Allen Williams plays on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, played, I think he got a co-write on one of these things, so he was super stoked about that. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And if you heard his album, she's, she's put together, and she's put together an incredible live band. There's yes. a great version of them doing a cover of a P Funk song um, on YouTube somewhere. I'll um, I'll think of what it is. Uh, but you see that, and you're like, oh, this is a working, this is a working band that I could go see. I'd want to go see this, like regardless of whether I know their music or not. Yeah, and and we'll actually get to that a little bit, but uh, but the album is is not really a departure from Jamie as as much as an evolution of it. Uh, it's a, it's a very it, it's a little hard to get into uh, or or dig under the surface for the meaning, but it, it's about like a lot of a lot about personal growth, uh, a lot about her relationships, uh, maybe with herself, maybe with her partner, uh, but it, it ends up being the kind of record where a lot of people are going to look at it at first I think and think man this is this is a little weird but the more time you spend with it the more time you you realize that this is what what we look for most in uh an, an artist is that they share of themselves that they share of their authentic selves if it's not pop pop we right. just want the candy we want the experience you know uh we don't even have to take off the wrapper it's fine it's just eating <laughs> just, just shove it in my mouth but uh but this is it, it, it's a very uh to me in parts human album I, I have a little nitpicks but not for this song uh power to undo is right at the end of the album uh it comes right before the final song which is my favorite song on the album but uh to be honest it's because it veers more into that straight up soul this does not uh, so we're going to play a little bit of this. Uh, this is Power to Undo off Brittany Howard's What Now? Okay, oh yeah, I know I used to miss the way you love me. I'm not that lonely. to undo from Brittany Howard's What Now. Uh, 
I, I've seen a lot of people writing about this in bigger publications, and there's when journalists don't know what to do with a black artist who isn't doing hip hop or straight R and B, they mm-hmm. always default to Prince like. <laughs> I was wondering it, if that's yeah. It's 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 the absolute laziest thing to do. Except and before I heard the album, I was like, oh no. Except that's there's a ab- little there's a little bit in there. Well no, that's yeah. absolutely a song that Prince would have done. Like yeah. absolutely yeah. a song. That 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 could be on parade. Uh that could be on Love Sexy, like anything like that. Uh and and so in this case, I think I think it's apt and I think uh She's doing now what he was doing uh, and just doing stuff that kind of makes her feel good. Um, And I don't know if she's at the right, if it's because she reached a point in her career. Like there's a line in in where artists will make records and make records and we're like, yes, this is a good record. And yes, this is a good record. No, it's a bad record. But eventually they reach a point where it's like people stop caring whether the records are good and are just invested in what they're going to say. And I think she's here now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple of things that kind of struck me immediately. And and I'll say I've I've given this album a casual listen, but I haven't um I've wanted to sort of, you know, give it the proper like nice headphones, long walk um kind of experience. Uh you know, immediately from from like the first, you know, from the first second you hear her voice and her singing, you're reminded that like you know, some people have it. Some people have charisma. Some people know how to <laughs> yeah. like own, do you know what I mean? Like some people have front person energy um, and they know how to do that. Um, and they immediately cause you to sort of lean in and be interested. Um, the little like, kind of like uh, gaspy, you know, tisks and the, yeah, uh, those little like vocal effects. And that's, yeah, super Prince. Like there's a, there's a guitar in there that, that pops up in the chorus that, that to me sounded very, very princey too. But you know what? Uh, like, like the melody of that song also, I could have heard on that. Um, oh, it reminded me a little bit of that song by, is it by Dijon? Um, where you oh, keep saying yeah, you can yeah. change your mind, but you can't change your decision. I yeah, think yeah, is, is kind of what that made me think of too, which is this really wonderful lane of kind of like sort of, you know, a little like weird soulful pop um that is is kind of um it's it's kind of a bunch of things at the same time but it ends up sounding completely original um my question my question for you is 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 she an album artist you and I have struggled a little bit with this question of like do people still care about albums and making right. complete records is she is she the kind of artist that is always going to put together a good record that you would sort of comfortably throw on side A and listen to all the way through? Um, it's it's hard to answer that question because of the way I listen to albums, and and sort of what I was getting to uh, about whether we care about if she makes like full albums. So, so if I'm analyzing this as like if I listen to the whole thing, do I take away something as a whole from this album? No, I, I don't. Okay. I don't okay. need to though, because what what she's doing is the same thing a lot of artists do. But ve- again, Prince very famously, uh, after Sign of the Times, he started like getting into this weird stuff to the point that then it just was like weird stuff, and even musicology. 
which is one of his best albums, yeah. but like a decade after like anybody is paying attention, like it's not a great album. You're just kind of checking in and being like, what can this person do now? What are they saying? Um, and th- these songs definitely link together emotionally and, th- and thematically. There is a, my one criticism of the album as a whole, and, I, and I've listened to it more than you, is that I'm just not a fan of like processed drums. I'm, I'm starting to realize oh, yeah. this. Um, and, and I get it. I, I get it. Uh, it's a, maybe it's a generational thing. Um, but this has more like when I hear it on this album, it seems to have more of a hip hop influence. And, and for me that yeah. doesn't quite work, but I, I don't think it needs to work for me. Like I, it's going to work for so many other people that that that's irrelevant. I, I, it's hard to say this without making it sound like I'm bashing a creative choice. I'm absolutely not. I'm just saying like that, that creative choice doesn't, resonate at all with me so if, if drums were a little more open organic looser then then i'd be more like oh yeah this is like i i yeah. connect with them more i had the same problem with miss grit to be honest right right right, right. you know yeah. and anything my mind always goes to nine inch nails i hate to say it you know it's like industrial not not like depeche mode or uh no 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 because if, yeah. if you if you're using uh, synthetic drums in a synthetic setting, then that then those two things match up. It's that contrast between that and what is clearly a more organic thing: the organic guitars, the organic singing and stuff. Yeah. And, and now, and here's where I'm gonna really like shoot myself in the foot here. I certainly used a lot of like synthetic drums on my album, <laughs> "The Lake," coming out in March, Can and uh, and tried to make them so they did not feel what I'm talking about right now, but actually failed. <laughs> I'm hoping people are into that sort of thing, but I digress. Is there any chance um, Billy Joel is going to invite uh, Brittany to join his super group? <laughs> Man, that's a good, good transition. Uh, I don't know. I just found out about this today, but this is good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Billy Joel wants to start a super group with Don Henley and Sting and John Mayer. Um, is that right? Yeah, I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was uh, no, it's John Mellencamp. No, it's John Mayer. No, it's no, Mayer. no, no, no. Yeah, no, it is Don Henley, Sting, and okay, yeah, hell yes. Yeah. Oh man, I thought it was Mellencamp <laughs> when I saw the picture. So he wants to form a super group with Don Henley, Sting, and John Mayer. He's scared to ask Paul McCartney. Uh, look, this could be this could be the new <laughs> Traveling Wilburys. I am here for it. Uh, another thing of the Grammys, <laughs> Billy Joel performed his song. Billy Joel has a new song. The light yeah. on, lights back on. How how? Well, I'll just say how I feel about it first. Huge Billy Joel fan. Uh, always will be. I I, I think uh, his catalog, just as Billy Joel music, is unimpeachable. I don't think you need. I don't think you need to compare it to other shit. It's just like this is Billy Joel. Yeah, so love the song. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to put on play a lot, but good for him, man. But what, yeah. what did you think? I enjoyed it. I don't. I don't. I don't have any ill will toward uh, toward Billy Joel. Um, and I really, there are some things of his that I really that I really like. Um, what I don't like about him that much is that is just how uncomfortable he seems to be with the music that has made him successful oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, that he's got this sort of like really, um, you know, he had that sort of phase where he was trying to make classical music, right? He was trying to sort of uh, do sort of original piano compositions. And uh, you got this feeling that uh, it was one of those, like, he was like, you know, I don't want to be turning 70 and playing just the way you are for the, you know, for the 9,000th time. Um, whereas if you accept that that's who you are, you can do that gracefully and, and joyously even. And, uh, to be but, fair, but, you know, that I'm, I'm to be fair, that, he's probably drinking like 15 cases of beer and running into at least three houses a day at that point. Yes. And he said that, so I, I, I do, you know, my, um, uh, I will probably never forgive him for river of dreams. Like that's just never going to be song or the album. Uh, definitely the song. I'm happy to say, I don't think I've heard the whole album. Okay. Um, but I used to hear that song on, on the bus to high school every oh, yeah. day, <laughs> uh, on mix 107.3. Yes. And, uh, and there were these two siblings in high school who were just like very good, normal kids. And they would often wear their matching shirts from that concert, uh, on the same day. They might've been twins. I don't know. Something just, just that whole thing made me very like, like even now I feel like my pulse sort of rising a little bit as I, as I think about that song, but you know, I mean, all of the, that, um, his stuff, uh, up through the mid eighties, um, and that great concert he played in the Soviet union, yeah. uh, that, that PBS runs during, uh, during like pledge season is just fantastic. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, there's, there's just no hating on, on, on some of those things. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Billy Joel is back and wanting to make music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, his residency at MSG is ending like next month or something like that. Right. They're, I think they're going to do a special. I can't remember if it was on like Disney plus or something, okay. but they're, they're going to air it. It's like a 15-year residency or something like that? Yeah, He's yeah, played yeah. 140 shows there. I, I expected oh. you to, like, harbor some hatred of him because Fish will never touch that record. <laughs> but... Uh, are we are we sure they won't? Yes. Um, yes. They're at, they're at 83. <laughs> he's they're at like, he's at like 170, dude. Yeah, they can, they can do that. They can... Okay, they, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> Eduardo's gone in the fantasy land now. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't Trey need him to. He's the best but guitar I, but I, player of all time. He's better I, than Jimmy no, Hendrix. No one, is saying, <laughs> no one is saying that. What I what I am saying though is that I do believe Fish. Uh, they have MSG booked for the next like fifteen or twenty New Year's Eve. Yeah, so no, that's right. If if everyone's health holds up, what is that? Four times twenty. That's another eighty shows right there. That puts them in striking distance. There's only like seven more years left of the world existing though. So. That's all. That's that's also that's that's yeah. possibly true. That's yeah. possibly true. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So it doesn't need to doesn't need to be a competition. Um, but uh, but no. I mean, I mean, look. He's 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 an institution, and mm -hmm. I I really and 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 like when you say that, it sort of like implies that like that like the songs aren't there. Um, but I would even say like you know those obvious songs. Like I mean, I don't. No one needs to hear Piano Man again. But like, but you know. Moving out is is 
a really, really tight song. Scenes really from, well constructed Scenes from song. an Italian restaurant is like one of the craziest yeah. songs, like time signature wise, key wise. It just absolutely narrative wise. It shifts person in the middle of it. Like from yeah, first that person whole to third person. Stranger back. is just, yeah. yeah, it's just it's, full of great moments. I, I would implore people to uh, pick up Cold Spring Harbor or stream it uh, and mm. Turnstiles. Uh, those are mm. Cold Spring Harbor was the first album, uh, and then Turnstiles I think was like the third, maybe it was a little later. Uh, really, really great stuff. I just started, so we, you know, people my age and your age too, grew up and and had they had the uh, Billy Joel's greatest hits in the house, you know, mm. and they, and yeah, the, those yeah. got played to death. It was a two disc set, and really that's all you needed to know. You get your Down Easter Alexa. You get your no. That wasn't on that. Uh, that was that was before. No, it that. wasn't okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was all the okay. stuff up to uh, the one that had Down Easter Alexa on. Up to the bridge, I think, was the album. And um, but uh, I started going up to Acme and picking up whatever used Billy Joel I could find, mm. and you can get it for like six bucks. And then nice clean copies because yeah. Acme, Acme Records right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, and um, and it was great to go back and listen to. You, you think you know these songs, and then you realize you never heard the albums that they came from. And then you realize that these are great albums, that there's almost no filler. It's like, you know, just a great songwriter, great band, great performer. So this supergroup, if it happens, um, I mean, is this like Billy Joel and company? Is this what's yeah. going on? <laughs> like Mayor, <laughs> yeah, Mayor right. and Irving Azoff are going to take over this one too? <laughs> Uh, is, is he going to get him with the sphere or, or is he going to uh, sit in on keys? I'm, you know what? I've never, yeah. I've never even wondered is Billy Joel a deadhead? I, I would not, you know, like the idea that like he and Bruce Hornsby might talk on occasion. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think I feel like, yeah, that would be a, That would be a great, you know, and, and actually like I'll apply this to just about any live act I would go see. If Billy Joel wants to sit in with them, I'm here for it. So, yeah, yeah. So how does the supergroup compare to uh, a supergroup uh, that a friend of ours is in uh, called Time in the Wilderness, in your mind? Time in the Wilderness. Um, I'm really happy that we get to play a track of theirs. Um, the This is a band um, that, uh, I think we alluded to this a little bit because we were talking about Andre in the context of of, uh, of Mild Life, right? Yeah. Um which is that, um, you know, Time in the Wilderness, uh, a lot of these guys were in an outfit before this known as No One's Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everyone sort of there, you know, everyone kind of went their, their separate ways uh, between the main songwriter and the rest of the band. And out of, out of that, uh, these guys would get together and practice at a, in like a storage container unit uh, across the street from Do Drop In, uh, right here in Northeast DC. And, um, I'll set the stage here by saying that, you know, they play once a month at the saloon on U street and it is rapidly becoming one of my favorite, uh, things to do in DC is to go see them play. Um, it's, it's, uh, the saloon is like this weird nonprofit bar. Their profits go to help, uh, open schools, um, all over sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and you walk in and it's just immediately this like super groovy vibe, which is, you know, consistent with who, with who Andre is. <laughs> um, and uh, what you're going to hear here is a song called D9. And, and what's really fun about this is, you know, you can sort of hear in this recording in particular, the, the sort of the looseness and the improvisational style. But 
what really stands out is the way Andre and Ralph, uh, who's the trumpet player, so the way that the, the, the guitar and trumpet kind of um, play against each other here. Um, I sort of like to joke that they're each trying to like out Jerry each other a little bit, even though I don't think Ralph is like a, a deadhead in particular. Mm-hmm. But uh, Andre has a slightly slightly Jerry tone, and um, and it's really fun to see people walk in. Um, you know, they play on U Street. There's not a lot of live music on U Street anymore, so right. they're playing. Right. They have the windows open. People walk by and they hear that there's a live band playing, and they start to sort of wonder, huh? Should I go in there? And every time I've seen them, some random person who has never performed before will get up with them and like sing a song or perform something with them. And halfway through their second set, Andre is handing out like tambourines and congas and all that. And people are playing and getting into it. And it's really, it's really un-DC, you know, for a town that has so many, that is just lousy with like sort of post-punk indie alt type bands. To hear something like this really feels like a great treat. So this is uh, this is D9 by Time of the Wilderness. was uh that was d9 by time in the wilderness um kevin how's your blood pressure has it was it lowered during the the course of that song are you just are you just at one with the universe i i am but i mean look i've been friends with andre for oh god well since i'm yeah so 16 years long ass time 15 years uh his journey uh in dc started in a band that we tried to start up called zebulon uh zebulon right yeah if if you search youtube we did play one little like three song set at the old uh, iota 
So that that is out there, a song I wrote for my dead cat. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was not a good song, and it was not a good evening, but uh, that fell apart. You know, uh, yeah, this this is, having known uh, Andre for so long, this is just like a pure expression of him. I'm so happy that he found people on his, like, musical, so on his musical wavelength. Um, when we play, we tend to like push and pull a little much, and and I'm sure there is with that. You know, you've you've noticed how a bunch he wants to be the band leader, but doesn't want to admit oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but he, he definitely does. I I think uh, your point about you know this being unique to DC, I think it is very unique to DC. Just today, I saw like you know three announcements of bands coming out of DC. Uh, a lot of it's punk. Uh, when you when you see a lot of this stuff, understand that, that most of these people like work for the government. That's the only reason you're in DC. Like I being outside of DC now, like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, even if the music's good, uh, the reputation that it has in 2024. Uh, but, and that's no shade on any of these bands. Like congratulations to like the ones that get signed today. But uh, with, with this in particular, um, so his wife is with the state department. And so what happened was a lot of what happened was why we weren't playing was because they moved. And this is one of the reasons why we moved um, because uh, we had friends, they people come to DC and they come and go, and uh, but Andre and his wife uh, were just going to be gone, basically forever. You go on like four to five year tours, and you keep doing that for people who don't know what the state life like is like. What ended up happening is that he would go to these places, and he would not have to work, and so. He, Andre being Andre, he integrates very well with people. He's very, very good with people. Uh, if you ever talk to him and he would, in these other cultures, uh, start up with bands. He's also very curious about other music, even though this just sounds like Andre. This is, that, that's what cracks me up about this. Um, but, um, you know, he, he finds these people that are equally enthusiastic about pl just playing music. Um, and he, and he understands a lot of what we talk about on the show about what is the point of this. The point of this is like to bring people together. Uh, it's it's to share of yourself, and in doing so, you are bringing people like to you and forming a little community. So he did that, uh, but unfortunately, everywhere they went, uh, war broke out. <laughs> so they were they were in India, Turkey, Ukraine. Uh, sorry, Tur Turkey, yeah. and then uh, Ukraine. Literally, like flying out as the war was starting, they were, they were yeah. evacuated, um, and uh, so they had. Been back in D.C. a few times, but after the Ukraine thing, they said, "Well, this is it. We're 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 not we're not going anywhere else. At least not for a tour." Uh, and that he was able to put this together so fast. I know um, everything I, I hear about the rehearsal space, which is where this album was recorded. Um, this is not one of the live. They put out live recordings of their gigs at the saloon. This was them recording uh, in this rehearsal space. It's it's actually an old school. Uh, across from Dew Drop In, that's half empty. So, uh, you know, this kind of makes the case to me for older people just making music. Like, there, there's no market. Well, there is marketability for it, but it's because the, the, they're also good at it. And, but they're not trying to market it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been interesting thinking about the like bands and musicians around here that I'm, that I'm close to is I've seen a very clear, uh, 
you know, sort of a generational line. Um, and, uh, and the guys in Time in the Wilderness are really not, you know, they're not mixing it up. Uh, you know, they're probably all, you know, mid, mid 40s yeah. and older. Um, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of overlap in their world between, uh, between them and the folks they play with and, you know, the folks under the age of say 35. Um, yeah. and one of my, one of my hopes is that, um, you know, more of the, you know, at least some of the younger folk that I, uh, that I go out to see and, and, uh, whose music I like here. Uh, is that they will somehow find their way uh, to this and that yeah. this can also become a sort of multi-generational thing. Because the other thing is like, DC doesn't have these open, you know, live jam sessions. And this this vibe yeah. is very much, look, show up and plug in and you can play, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, it would be lovely to see that kind of become uh, rooted and become something that, that grows and evolves um, as just sort of a gathering space for musicians uh, to play fun, uh, you know, low stakes, but really compelling music. Low stakes is a good way to put it. I, 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 anybody listening who is in a band in, in DC right now, um, you should go to one of these, like you said, you should go to one of these gigs. Yeah. Hey, hey, Andre, Andre is the only person I actually know. Um, I'm assuming Ralph is a pretty good hang because he's a fucking phenomenal, like, trumpet player. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is, like, his, his work uh, weirdly inspired my work towards the end and we mentioned this that like I I want to record with them because right, right. of like I I know what Andre and I can do, but I'm like excited by to work with Ralph, like to be like oh Ralph's man. tone and control yeah. are just you know really 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 special. Um, and he's the kind of guy he plays you know he's he's a he's like a working gigging guy, so he'll be playing you know a wedding on Saturday, he'll be playing a go go show on a Sunday. Um, he'll be playing like in an orchestra on a Tuesday. I mean, it's really, it's really cool to see, uh, to see his work. Here's the other thing too, is that because they're all DC, I mean, and like I said, everybody in DC basically works for the government, either like auxiliary or not, like unless you're in the service industry. Um, but, uh, they've hacked that system too, because most of the gigs they play are like corporate gigs. So, so yeah, they have yeah. this residency. At the saloon, but otherwise, I think it's like once or twice a week. Even they're out playing; like they get hired for corporate gigs just because of the contacts that all of them have made over the years of being in DC. Which is that's not available for everybody. And and obviously, if you're in a punk band, you're not necessarily going to do that. I was about to say that's. I think the genre is a really is a really big driver of that. Is just that there isn't a lot of like you know, casual background music being made in DC. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, they seem to have hacked the system and, and, and in, a, in a very honest way. Yeah. You know, there's not, there's nothing cynical about it. Uh, so I really appreciate it. I really appreciate this album. Yeah. Uh, I've, the second I've seen these hit Bandcamp, I, I get them and I, and I, I shared it with Jim yep. next door. I don't, I haven't heard back from him, but I'm guessing like this is going to be like his shit. I, I mean, I would love for them to like, do some kind of like low stakes tour. Yeah. Um, well, you know, they're people of a certain age and they have uh, responsibilities at home and that's, you know, uh, who knows, who knows? I, I, I do, I do wish it for them or at least that they can, can anchor, you know, this, uh, this sort of recurring 
you know, dynamic and and diverse intergenerational uh, jam session. I really uh, cannot recommend uh, seeing these guys enough. I think their next show, I'm going to be out of town for that, but it's on a Saturday actually, Mm -hmm. which should be really fun. I think it's on the 23rd. Um, So if you're listening to that in DC and it's not February 23rd yet, consider spending your Saturday on U Street. Go out for a bite beforehand and then go see these guys. One last thing about them that I I absolutely love is that they are working, at least in part, with uh, Kenny Perogue from One and Man. Yes. Anthony Perogue's younger brother. Uh, Kenny's the shit and uh, an amazing guitar player. One and Man, if you ever can see them. I know they play the pie shop a good bit. Uh, Yeah, I've I've, I've seen them a couple times. Yeah, they're great. I don't know who's drumming for them, but him and Scoops are just like... Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, he's an amazing sound engineer, and I think that's yes. that's what he's helping out with. So, like, yeah, it's it's just a good the way scenes evolve and stuff in DC has come. Uh, like, I certainly didn't see this when I was there. It just seems very, yeah, very organic. Yeah, no, it, it, and very very much developing. And like, as it's like, oh, yeah, this should maybe be this way. Yeah, there's a version of going out to see live music that requires bands like this to exist, which is just, you know, um, you can take you can take anyone to this show. Um, You're going to be you're going to be entertained. Um, It doesn't require the same kind of emotional investment or like upfront, you know, you're not expected to like know any of the songs or lyrics. There isn't someone trying to parade their emotions all over the stage. It's just, you know, it's two drummers, bass, guitar, trumpet. Really nice, lean setup. Now, a lot of bands like develop organically, right? I think one most recently that developed really organically was Zach Bryan. Like he <laughs> he did he did he he got some yeah. heat on like it was maybe YouTube or something. Claims he the Navy let him leave. It's a little thing, but uh, big fan. Uh, or I'm not a big fan, but he has he has a lot of big fans. Um, do you think that maybe time in the wilderness? might be led down the path of Zach Bryan to eventually cover Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue by Travis Tritt, which Zach Bryan did this week. By Toby Keith. Toby Keith. Not Travis Tritt. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Travis Tritt. Let's not, let's not, let's not <laughs> impugn the good name of, of, <laughs> of yeah. Travis Tritt. Um, yeah, Zach Bryan, man. What a, what a fucking huckster that guy is, huh? Um, is it? I, I'm I torn. I, I mean, I, just... I'm torn. There's, uh, I don't know how much you know about, uh, Toby Keith, uh, there, I mean, look, he just died. Yeah. So, so in case you wonder if we were the type of show that talks shit about dead people, yes. Yes. We absolutely, <laughs> absolutely talk about, shit about, about Toby people. Keith, 100%. Yeah, well, 100%. about Toby Keith is that he, he was always, he's actually always been a more like, he was a lefty and then more like centrist Democrat. Like, yeah. always heard for that. But 9-11 like scrambled all our brains. Uh, so we, we can give him that. But he... You created the song courtesy of the red, white, and blue. It's like put a boot up your ass. You all, you all know it. You all know of it. Um, and from that point forward, rightfully so, I think he got labeled as a right wing nut job. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if he did a lot of he did a lot of work for Wounded Warrior, uh, that apparently was fantastic. Uh, a guy who used to write for the site, Justin, uh, worked with him a lot for that. Uh, okay. So, so, so you know what we're talking about? You know, a complete person when they can Joni Mitchell. Like there's. Yeah, there's sure multitudes to people, but that one, that thing is that song in particular is particularly egregiously racist and xenophobic, and like really a dark stain on the American music canon. 
so what does Zach Bryan do in tribute? Uh, he covers it. If, if you're trying to convince the world that Toby Keith is more than just the caricature of him, playing the song that most embodies that is really not the winning argument. Yeah, right? Possibly beer for my horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have been a better yeah. choice? But I'm trying to figure out... I, I thought I understood Zach Bryan. I, I thought yeah. I got it. I thought I got it. I, I was like, you know, every generation needs that person right mm-hmm. who's not really the greatest songwriter but those people insist they're the greatest songwriter i think isbell's aged out for a lot of these people yeah uh, yeah he has very loyal zach bryan has very dedicated and loyal fans and he's pulled a couple of you know all my homies hate Ticketmaster. you know naming your live album that is a good like applause that's a good move that's a but good move. having the next tour funded by Ticketmaster is not like is sort of defeats the purpose yeah yeah, yeah. or <laughs> uh you know he's arrested there's that whole drama which it doesn't yeah. really apply to anything but i guess i guess it's just a really weird choice when people maybe already are wondering cuz the big thing about Zach Bryan is that people assume he's like a super lefty right that's the right. appeal. They're like, oh, it's a super lefty country star. This is a safe guy. Like, you know, this is this is a guy that slate slate readers can can listen to it and yeah. be okay with it. Right. Yeah. That's and, the sort of And I yeah. I, I wanna say that you don't necessarily have to put your politics into your art or whatever. But I, I don't actually believe that. I, I think you should be clear about it for the most part. And let and let people decide. Don't be scared of the market. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but that, that's just a personal preference. The, you know, the thing about, right. So, so who know, like Zach Bryan is clearly having some fun, uh, you know, playing this sort of coy game of like, is he or isn't he like a MAGA guy or whatever? Um, I, you know, the, 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 there's a moment from like a benefit concert or something that, uh, the excerpt kept making the rounds on social media after Toby Keith died, which is when, uh, you know, he, I guess, uh, so Toby Keith was, was maybe the MC or the organizer of this event. And Chris Christopherson was there and he told, uh, Christopherson to go out there and he said something like, but none of that lefty shit. And, uh, Christopherson basically like grabs him by the shirt and is basically like, you don't fucking tell me like you never served, you've never killed someone for the government and then gotten paid by the government for that. And then be, and then been thanked for your service for killing someone on behalf of the U S government. Right. You don't get to, you don't get to do that. Right. You don't get to decide that. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Toby Keith is, of course, you know, like like many a post 9-11 chicken hawk, like doesn't really have a lot to say in response to that because, you know, like Lee Greenwood and others uh, who love to sing about their patriotism, like anytime it's like, okay, are you going to put your ass on the line or your body on the line? The answer is no, I have things to do back here. Um, you know, Zach, Zach Bryan apparently did serve, right? There's a weird thing about being discharged early or something like that. Uh, yeah. Is he a psyop? Is he, you know, he's, he's the original psyop. Maybe if they, if they, if they gave him his walking papers early and said, go sing songs about, <laughs> about sticking a boot up your ass, then maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. And that's the part of the thing that I don't understand. 
I've, I've discussed this with people, a lot of people offline, where I admittedly should just look up naval regulations. That's an easy thing for me to do. But my gut says they don't just let you out to go sing songs. Yeah. Just because you're a really good songwriter. Which yeah. is from his press releases. So I'm, yes. I'm, not, I'm not inferring anything. I'm, not, I'm just going in based on what his team says happened. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just don't know about him anymore. I, and I, I would be interested to see. I haven't checked in on him or, or the, the response to that to see what his like fan base is like thinking right now. Um, cause surely, surely there are people that were celebrated that song. Right. Right. Um, he seems to have implied that, uh, a lot of his early experience of Toby Keith came uh, through his dad, and maybe like that, what, yeah. yeah, and maybe what we are finding out is that his dad is a MAGA guy. <laughs> uh, uh, but again, you know, he still had—I don't know—I I, I find I find the choice uh, of that song to cover just absolutely reprehensible. And I think yeah. of all the, you know, where. We're living in a moment where where someone voluntarily chose to uh, center Tracy Chapman and to basically create a connection point between today's country artists and Tracy Chapman. Um, you know, these are choices that people make. Uh, so if you're choosing to resuscitate one of the most just morally reprehensible songs Toby Keith has ever recorded, I, you know, there's, I, I just can't, I... That's it. That's that's. Yeah. I I know I know enough. I know did you, enough. You, you, did you do it for the lols? Like uh, speaking yeah. of back, back to the Grammy, we didn't mention that the Tracy Chapman thing. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that debate is over. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Tracy right. Chapman shows up. She's amazing. Luke Combs recognizes she's amazing because he did from the beginning. Everybody yep. is like, this is amazing. Uh, yep. We all got Tracy Chapman on a stage for the first time in yeah. what decades. Yeah, yeah. Because somebody Just, loved her music. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, it's a really happy, it's a really happy success story. We don't have to, no one has to be upset about anything there. That's just, there's there's no, there's no galaxy brain take. There's no slate pitch. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. Tracy Chapman got a little bit more success and a little bit more respect than she already had. A bunch of people had probably never really heard or thought about her, and now they have, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and she made money, so... Yeah. Good job all around. Yeah, great job all around. Um, you know, if we were doing commercials, we'd take a break right now and and talk about like our beverage choices right now. But what <laughs> what I'm what I'm drinking is a nice yeah, what are you having? Uh, Sierra Nevada non-alcoholic Trail Pass IPA, uh, which oh, man, tastes like a pale ale that you would find yeah, in like I, a fish lot or a dead lot. I um, do like the Sierra Nevada it's, NAs. They're it's very an good. interesting choice for people out there who are like. Dry January just wasn't enough. You had to go harder. Salute. Uh, especially, like, if you're just doing it because, I mean, if you have a problem with it, you definitely, with alcohol, you definitely should stop. But if you're like, no, this is better for you, me to not be drinking, you're right. Uh, it is. Yeah. So uh, this is a nice, crisp, refreshing beverage. Uh, if Sierra wanted to, like, sponsor us in any way, I, I wouldn't be offended. I mean, like, wow, I got, a, I got a case of this, like, every month or so. Well, we are uh, unfortunately kind of absolute nerds because I'm drinking um, an athletic sparkling water infused with hops. 
they have these okay. flavored sparkling waters now. Uh, uh-huh. And this is, uh, and they're a little bit hoppy. This is a blood orange one. Um, it's pretty nice. How's that it's going pretty nice. for you? Um, I'm, I'm liking it. I have, I have two sixers of this. I will probably have, I will probably, you know, I'm probably going to watch an episode of the curse later and I might drink some, some whiskey, uh, while I do that. Yeah. Yeah. I might Uh, might drink a double hearted IPA. So look at you. (laughs) It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, but in the buildup, in the buildup, we're having our, our healthy non out. We're, we're making good choices early in the evening. It helps me deal with pitches. Like, are you a journalist that covers music and its intersection with yoga, skateboarding, adventure sports, or drag a lot better? Yeah. Yeah. And yes to all of the above. Right. I mean, I mean, obviously, clearly, obviously (laughs) who, who doesn't, that's just like the beat you get, get out of journalism school, music journalism school, excuse me. That's just the beat you take. Like, yeah, this is my beat. (laughs) It's a real, it's a real thing. It's a real thing that happened. Um, Yeah. I I don't think we need to, (laughs) the pictures this year have been fantastic. They have been utterly, (laughs) utterly fantastic. I, I, people are going above and beyond to make shit incomprehensible to the average listener. Um, and it's nice to see them get parroted like on Twitter or Consequence of Sound or Brooklyn Vegan or stuff. Uh, <laughs> kudos to everybody. <laughs> well, well, I think, uh, I think we have kind of like an arty, uh, sort of an art uh, back half here a little bit yeah, sure. for the show with our, with our song selections. Um, because, um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna pull us in a direction just because I like this, but I, I don't think it should be the final uh, the final song for the evening. Cool. Um, but I've been uh, I've been listening to um, the uh, the most recent release by Katie McBride, um, who is a Toronto based um, Toronto based pop uh, electronic pop. Person, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know kind of how to how to characterize a creator, a creative. Okay, yeah. um, this is uh, you know she makes music that is that is is clearly you know electronically tinged. Um, the album is called "The Angels Are Calling," and um, I forget how it came across my radar, but it was one of those records that I put on, and you know there's a there's a sort of um, thing that really interests me which is that that line between when is uh you know when is someone making sort of diva style pop and this happens a lot with with um with with women artists uh uh which is to say that you know at some point you're considered you're 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 judged as being in the pop realm and at some and if you're not then you're in this sort of like other arty weird space and Mm -hmm. um and you know it's really to me it's it's really kind of a blurry line um especially you know in a you know Caroline Polachek is one of those where like that album was treated right. as like a big blockbuster record to me it wasn't that it also wasn't like an art pop record i you know i saw i saw the show i enjoyed it and all that but i i it didn't it didn't leave me feeling quite satisfied or like i'd had a meal she just um, remade that real quick uh with wise blood with wise blood yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's great. Uh, I was very happy to hear that. Um, there's, there's this, there's this sort of crop of like of um, of female artists who are. Uh, I'm thinking of like LPGOB, who does both kind of Grateful Dead and other type uh, house remixes that are really interesting and and sometimes a little challenging. Sophia Cortesis, who's a Peruvian um, electronic artist, uh, we've mentioned a couple times. 
Um, and uh, Katie McBride comes along and, and drops this really nice uh, little headphone masterpiece, I think. Um, we're going to put on the song uh, by Byzantium, uh, reference, no doubt, to the falling Byzantine Empire. Um, so yeah, it's about uh, an empire slowly collapsing on itself, which is clearly not relevant uh, to today. Uh, you know, the walls, the walls are falling, all the wars are coming. Um, and, uh, I, I, I like this because I feel like in about 10 years when, you know, hyper pop has gone into like overdrive and becomes this dominant form of pop, this is going to sound like Gloria Estefan or something like that. Like this is going to sound like very sort of like organic, earthy, traditional compared to what's coming. Uh, for right now, it's probably still a little bit further along than, than, uh, than some of us are, but um, here we go, Katie McBride. That was uh, Byzantium. Byzantium? I'm not. I'm never quite sure where, where to um, how to handle that. Why? Um, the wrong person. By, pronunciations. <laughs> by uh, Katie McBride, um, who has a background in, uh, in 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 jazz and composition. She was uh, she played the trumpet um, before learning okay. Ableton okay. and finding that she could begin to layer sounds and do all these other cool things. So. Um, so Kevin, I know that's, that's like not, you would, you would probably not be listening to this if, uh, I, if, if we were not on microphones right now. I, I am not the target market. I'm not yeah. the demo. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, in, in, in a way this sounds to me like somebody just did a bunch of rails and then like open up Fruity Loops and like, let's go insane. Um, but, but, uh, no, uh, I'm here, I'm here for that record. If someone out there has made that record, I'm, I'm here for that. So <laughs> let, let me, let me pull up my demos. Uh, no, um. Yeah, this is this is not for me. Uh, yeah. This is and and this is for people who don't know you or I personally. But if you know us personally, like you, definitely can empathize more with the dance floor side of the yes. of, of the music world. Whereas yeah. me, I'm like, no, I, I'm don't and and what I don't want to do is get so far away from that because like I'm drifting more into like 
I'm just going to listen to jazz. I'm just going to listen to like stuff that is, it takes the same amount of skill to make both of these things, to be clear, but stuff that presents as maybe less popular oriented. Um, I haven't listened to the whole album. Should I, or is it going to make me mad? Um, you know, if you're, I would say if you find yourself in the, in, in the, in a mood where you're curious about it, put on, put on the headphones and go for a walk around the lake. Um, it is, it is to me a little bit of an introspective. It's got this sort of like dreamy gauzy quality that to me is not quite, you know, uh, you know, you and I, I remember a bunch of years ago, we talked about that, that phenomenon of like, uh, kind of millennial pop where that was built around these like choruses that are designed to be you know, sung, shouted in clubs, right? Like that sort of like tonight is the best night kinds of songs. And do you get that from the use? That. Do you get that from the use of thunderous electro toms? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm looking at our notes, and you're saying this, and I'm like, this is not comporting with like what I'm hearing in my ears. Yeah, no, no, no. This is and this and 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 to me, this is this is sort of an interesting like this is a more quiet, uh, introspective record than okay. uh, than like dance floor pop per se. Right. Um, but, but that said, it's got, I mean, I, you know, I put it on and I'm, it, 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 it sort of brightens my mood immediately. And I very, I like the sounds on it a lot. I like the layering. I think the production is great. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really, it served me well on a couple of long walks recently. Nice. Nice. Is, is, so this is like a one person unit, right? So this is all done yes. in, in like Ableton basically. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it is Ableton, but I suspect it is. Um, yeah, most people. Yeah, they would. You yeah. would be doing this, something like this in Ableton, especially like if they're playing shows out. Um, you would yeah. need to be able to like trigger everything, and so this would be a very much, uh, yeah. And look, that that's an art form. I never want to be like known as that guy is like, nah, they're just pushing buttons. Like I push buttons too. Like you, try it sometime. You know, yeah, yeah. It's really not <laughs> playing that shit out and go. Go ahead and don't even play a set. Try to play one song. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna fall down. Yeah, because it's not fucking easy. Um, I'll tell you what. I, I'm gonna give this a try. Next episode, okay. we're gonna come back and uh, and You'll I'm have gonna, a report uh, report on it a little bit and see what I found. Like I said, this is just not something that I'm even at a place where I. I necessarily would want to get into it um too much motion <laughs> you know well so this is what it's interesting too because like like when i first heard the phrase bedroom pop mm. what i what i envisioned is not what bedroom pop sounds like what i envisioned is is much closer to this which is basically pop that was made by like one person in their bedroom that's that's a little sad and a little bit kind of introspective um as opposed to this sort of like you know lo-fi blend of different genres. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is all this. This really is. Um, I mean, the Bandcamp credits say that it was written, performed, and produced by her, with a little bit of additional production by DJ Planet Express on one song. Yeah, um, I mean, kudos for that. That's a it's a hard yeah. process. It's a really hard yeah. process. Uh, you you should have, or not you should have. You should create however that makes you feel good. But like. It, uh, it's good to have people around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. To create that stuff. Uh, otherwise, I mean, it can lead to weird places. <laughs> Musically. 
No, no, musically. Yeah. Like if you're making music sure. isolated like that, uh, there's a reason why like a lot of that just ends up on SoundCloud, and some of it has. And she had the skill to like put put it forward and also be known for doing this type of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I looked. She had a couple albums out, and um, because yeah, it's just. Uh, I'm just saying it takes a lot. Of, it takes a lot more thought than just, you know, which beat am I picking? Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, so I am into that aspect of dance, electronic music. I just, uh, it's neat technology. Ableton is I great. Will, I will see you, you on the dance floor, Kevin. No, no. Is it murder on the dance floor? <laughs> we can't talk about Saltburn because <laughs> nobody's seen it, or nobody right. here has seen it. Nobody wants to see it. I don't know. Also true. Um, I think I'll take us in a completely other direction, unless you want to talk about uh, Mannequin Pussy's AI video. Uh, I do a little bit. Um, I mean, it. It. Um, this is one of those things where, like, you know, the the backlash seemed out of proportion to what had happened. Um, and I think there, I think we're, we're in, we're at a time when people are automatically contemptuous of anything they hear or experience if they know that AI was involved and they automatically want to sort of fault and push back. And, and so, and so the, you know, what, what happened was that mannequin pussy produced this, interesting conceptual video and they used AI along the way somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, People got very upset and the band explained that there had been a lot of work by creative humans that went into the concept. There was a lot of hand, there were, there were hand drawn things that were part of the video. You know, the AI was probably, you know, part of the process, but certainly doesn't seem like, I think people hear that a band made an AI video and they assume they went to a website, typed out three sentences and set it to music. Right. Um, which is, which is something yeah. we would do to troll people. Yes, yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's what I do. That's not what Mannequin Pussy right. does. Uh, um, and and you know, it seems you know the band the band's response seems seems appropriate to me. The 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 backlash seems a little a little over the edge. Um, and I'm and I, I was I was thinking about this and wondering if I'm biased just because Mannequin Pussy was the first band I saw after the start of the pandemic. They were like my first show back. Oh yeah, in yeah, like yeah. March of twenty one or twenty two. When did we start going to shows again? It was in twenty one. It was in twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, March or April of twenty one. We were all vaccinated. It was before Delta or whatever the variants <laughs> variant sure, of concern sure, was sure. at that point. And they were opening for Japanese breakfast. And I, you know, they played a forty minute set. It was their first show in a couple of years in front of people. And the first time the drums kicked in. Uh, I got misty eyed and then I probably sure. just openly cried into my mask like another three or four times during that show. It was, uh, great to be in a room where live music was being made. And I think I'll forever love mannequin pussy for that. That said, musically, the band has, has evolved a lot since then. This is a different sound than they had a couple years ago. Oh yeah. And I like the video. I like the concept. I thought it was well done. Yeah, I, I do too. We, we actually had, uh, the opposite of that experience is one of the last bands we saw. Uh, they played Cactus Club, and uh, and Daria oh. just absolutely fell in love with them. And I, I don't think it was them and the band Service on the bill, but they were like within days of each other. I think both wow, fucking remarkable yeah. bands. But uh, yeah, uh, there. I mean, people know the argument is that if you're using AI, you're stealing from an actual artist. 
uh, a counter argument, not one that like I'm subscribing to, just putting it out there, is that like, well, not everybody has a budget. Um, yeah. And then that spirals into is like, well, then you're just going to fill the world with trash. And then it's like, well, but art's subjective, bro. And then, but not this way, you know. It's like, um, so I, I just tend to look at the use of AI, and this is is like, if you use it, uh, you don't need don't need to tell people. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, I, that's I, when you, I think. Well, no, but no, but I don't need to it, tell people any of the instruments that I use. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is an interesting, a, a friend of mine who's um, a philosopher was working um, with a student of hers on this, and, um, and, and, and they were coming up with a code of ethics for artists that do use AI. And, and they landed on the side of, you know, when you see a piece of art in a museum, you know what the materials are, right? It tells you, this is, you know, uh, it tells you what type of paint it is. It tells you what the, you know, if it's on canvas or if it's on acrylic or whatever. And so following that, that logic, they, they fell on the side of, of artists should disclose when they're using AI. Mm. Um, although, although it's, you know, you don't have to say what percent of the work they're responsible for or whatever. Uh, you know, in art, I, d I just don't think it matters in journalism. It definitely matters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, and I forget what outlet did it, but they said, uh, "Oh, it was it, it's here. It's uh, 88.9 Radio Milwaukee." Um, yeah, they used it to edit it, and they they didn't say edit, but they put it at the end, like AI was used in in assisting writing this article. Uh, that absolutely does need to be disclosed. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're just talking about art, fuck it, man. Who? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think it'll. I, I don't. I don't know where I land on that. I think. I think I might. I think I might err on the side of you should disclose it, but um, I also think people need to maintain a sense of proportion about this. And and I think it's notable that you know, Idols just put out a video. That's all AI. They took uh, the video for Yellow by Coldplay and recut it to have Chris Martin um, singing the current Idols release instead. Oh, and they they worked with Chris Martin to like train the AI so that it would look like it was actually him singing, and uh, and there seems to have been no backlash uh, against no. that. So, uh, dudes band, lady band, yeah. I mean, what do you probably? I mean, yeah, uh, and Idol certainly is more beloved currently. For, yeah, for whatever reason, yeah. I still haven't really got into them. Um. Yeah, I I just it, it, yeah. It, it. People feel betrayed when they find out an artist has used AI for some reason. I think that's I think that's really the well. I think that's the, to be expected in the in in the early days of using this. But I mean, people felt betrayed when you were using a synthesizer. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean you don't have real strings on here? You could have hired an orchestra. Like, no, that's the point. <laughs> Like right. I have this creative vision, uh, like like I mean I'll just like anecdotally like every single creative thing I do has been uh, not just enabled but really made possible by advancements in technology. Every mm -hmm. single one. I can't draw, yeah. but I can I can create logos. I can create stuff for my job. You know, uh, I can't play a symphony at once. But I can, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and I don't have the money to hire one. I, I love it, but like it just. And if I think most people, artists, have the sense to try to 
abstracted a little, so it's not fully replacing that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, getting into like a weird economic or discussion about economics, sort of like downtown, like, hey, you need people to come back to work because otherwise, what are these buildings going to do here? It's like, well, what if we had used them for another thing? Yeah, that, that, that conversation is going to happen with art, in my opinion. I don't know when, though. So I'm right. not, not going to base, I don't know if it'll be like this year, next year, 10 years. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, but I do think that we're always going to be able to tell. Visual art. As long as we can see it, I think we'll be able to tell. Yeah. That, that, uh, yeah. There's no way to tell in text. None. Right. I mean, there is. There is. But you have to also, you have to use AI to analyze the text. (laughs) Right. Right. Huh. Yeah. Uh, We'll come, I'm, I'm, I feel like we'll have a chance to come back to this topic. Yes. Uh, and, um, and we almost certainly will. Yeah. Uh, but we can, that, that, that's a nice lead into uh, something that absolutely did not use AI. And, very, and, very handmade coming and, up. Yeah. Here, and, huh? and as smart as uh, the guy who made it, Chris Rosenau, is, he's a molecular biologist uh, and uh, a bud of mine here in Milwaukee. Uh, his album, A Light That Cracks Through, just came out, uh, was recorded in a church in South Milwaukee, uh, Musa Church, um, by Collection of Colonies of Bees drummers. That's the band he's in. It's the band that's been in Milwaukee for a long time. They've, Nick Sanborn was in it for a while, um, who made an album with him called Bluebird, which is one of my all-time favorites. And yeah. I think it's an all-time great album. Uh, we should talk a little bit more about that in a second. Uh, just went down there and in one night set up and recorded him on a guitar uh, in a church. And one thing, if you've heard Chris Rosenau's work, he tends to use a lot of effects. He tends to use a lot of delays, a lot of warping sounds. He's very interested, especially in bees, uh, very interested in, in that abstraction of sound, uh, you know, his in volcano choir. So like, they were like literally like kind of Bonnie Vare's sound. Um, So there's a similar aesthetic going on. There's none of this on this record. Uh, It's a record about, uh, in some ways, uh, his, the death of his mom, which was recently, I think, in the past year or so. Um, And it could have been like a very maudlin affair, and and I'm sure it is for him. Uh, But instead, it's, I think it's like six songs, just kind of a nice joyous expression uh, of beauty. It's something that uh, our friend Phil Cook uh, did on his piano record. Very, very similar. And uh, yeah. and it's funny because uh, Chris was actually the first person I met when we moved to Milwaukee, really. And I, through Phil. Because Phil was playing a show at Turner Hall and he's like, and I didn't know who Chris was. And he said, it's just Chris and his wife. If you need to know anything about Milwaukee music, this is the guy. Right, and wow. he was so he was cool. right. So he was cool. right, and uh, but at any rate, uh, he's made this lovely album. I want to play a track from it now because it's absolutely lovely, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this. Uh, so this is uh, all all the song titles are dates. This is in November tenth, nineteen seventy one. Although Chris Rosenow's "A Light That Cracks Through."
November 10th, 1971, off of uh, Chris Rosenhaus, A Light That Cracks Through. Um, you, you, seem, you seem a little <laughs> awestruck. I, I haven't, um, I um, hadn't listened to, you know, I saw this was on, um, uh, that we were going to be listening to this today, and I, I deliberately did not go out and try to listen to this release. Um, and, uh, I just I'm on the Bandcamp page now. <laughs> um, it yeah. um and you know realizing that as you said it's an album about his mom, you know, you see the dates um and presumably the last date is the um the yeah. day of her passing. Um and it's just uh just what a gorgeous um and what a gut punch. I mean, I'm I'm like I'm like choked up right now. Um uh that's really that's that's exactly what i was expecting when i saw um right. rosenau's name in our in our notes for the upcoming show um and uh 
that's just so lovely. Um, it was it was weird for me to have this all stripped down. Yeah, like I, I found out that he was doing it, and then uh, and he he announced it to people like basically just a couple weeks before this came out. So uh, this is a Bandcamp only release. Uh, it is a digital yeah, only yeah. release. Uh, he likes to do stuff like this. He he's in the but he's in like a creative jag right now, man. He's doing this. Uh, worked with John uh, Muller, I think is his name. Uh, playing playing shows with that. The Bees is making an album. I think he was just down in uh, North Carolina working with Nick Sanborn again uh, to do that. Uh, so you know, I don't know if this unlocked that that enabled him to do that. But yeah, it's it's a beautiful. I, I haven't asked him specifically what these dates are. Uh, I don't know that I need to. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I think uh, I, I will say one thing um, that I find remarkable. The more I hear his playing, and become familiar. With, so, Bluebird was an album that really. Uh, it's hard to not say like fixed a lot of shit in my brain when I needed it. I I don't know what was going on, but I I don't think it was a pandemic because I saw them play it live. But it was just like there was a time when I like I just would put on headphones and listen to that, like to yeah. to get through. And a lot of that was his playing and the way Nick manipulated this. Uh, it and and I have told him that like uh, so it was there for me when I needed it. And that's yeah what you artist as an artist that's what you hope your work does. Weirdly, this, you know, we just found out that uh, our my cat husband, Gus, has early onset kidney disease. Right. Uh, I'm still working through that. Not because, like, and this is a thing, anybody who owns cats, owns cats, as cats is their family. Um, uh, you know, they age. This is a thing that happens. Uh, it's never uncomfortable when you're faced with mortality like that, but somehow for me, it's more comfortable. Like when I'm faced my own mortality, you know, when I had to have heart surgery and, uh, when I found out I was like pretty much just lost for a day. I was like, Gus is not going to be here somewhere down the road. I've always known that, but now this is, and I know how it's going to happen. And, uh, and I just sat with this. Yeah. I sat with it, cried a little, uh, cuddled with Gus, and then uh, felt moved and relieved. This is what music's supposed to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I'm excited that he's doing so many projects right now. Yeah. Like this this is a superpower. <laughs> no, it's it's really it's a really um. It's a really lovely composition, and I can't, I can't wait to listen to the rest of, uh, to the rest of us. Um, yeah, yeah uh, we need, we need more music like this, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this was, this it, was, you know, I, I, I um, had a big phase where I was really into the sort of what you know, who were then the kind of the, the big uh, figures in, uh, in like. Newgrass, uh, you know, the Sam Bushes, Bela Fleck, Mike Marshall, Edgar Meyer, 
Mark O'Connor, Jerry Douglas, all those guys. And they make so many records that are just gentle acoustic things. They're not about shredding. They're not about, you know, they can still go out and sort of kick any bluegrass band's ass uh, on any night of the week, but they really value these sort of like quiet, gentle, um, rollicking, you know, lilting little things. And, um, you know, there's there's a real there's a real need for music that does that for music to have with your like your cup of coffee on a Saturday morning or something like that. You know, music that um, helps you helps helps anchor you helps um, helps you inhabit your body and helps you think through things that you don't really have words for yet, like grief yeah. and um, yeah. I I feel like you know as we wrap this up. Uh, People should make space for this type of music and and hold it up as much as Lana Del Rey, Caroline Polachek, you know. All that's important, but, like, this kind of stuff is more a straight shot into, like, uh, a look at who a human is. For for my money. You know, it's, it's sparse... Uh, there's not a whole lot between you and the creator uh, of that. And there's something uh, sort of transformational when you hear that. Uh, Even if, like, the composition doesn't always have to be spectacular. I mean, all these songs sound pretty similar. You know, he's a, you know, (laughs) although I will say at the bottom of this, I do need to ask him about this. Uh, at the bottom of, of the release, it says, if you'd like to play these songs, start here and list the tuning. Huh. Uh, D-A-D, F-sharp, A-D. So I, I did. Uh-huh. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. It's <laughs> 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 like, this, is, this doesn't make sense how you got from there to that. And like, as a guitarist, you use a lot of alternate tunings. Most do. You experiment yeah, with yeah. stuff. But this one is like, huh. That's that's interesting. So I, I'm interested in like how he landed on this particular tuning, but yeah, uh, yeah, just make space for this type of stuff. And you're like, you know, after your club bangers and jock jams. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I you know, I think anyone who's ever, if you've ever lost track of time while yeah. strumming a chord pattern or. You know, there's that quality where, like, if you repeat a word enough times, it sort of seems absurd and loses all meaning. But when you sort of lose yourself, you know, noodling um, on an instrument, um, it's the opposite. It's like suddenly, you know, when you, you can you can hit a point and when you're just, you know, playing like in, you know, GCD, where you can suddenly convince yourself that like, you know what, we actually don't need other chords. This is, we only need oh, these yeah. three chords, right? Oh, like yeah. there's like, you can find a whole universe in there. It can be self-contained. Um, and you can really feel uh, the different like tones and kind of the richness of each chord. And that's, that's what this music makes me do a little bit is it just makes me kind of stop and slow down and just, you know, appreciate simplicity. Um, not that it is, you know, uh, not that I'm saying that it's like simple or, no, no, complicated no. music, but it's just music that presents uh, in a way that's really direct and just allows you to feel, um, you know, the the sort of harmonic and melodic qualities that it has. Yeah, yeah. Spend, 
expressing like a lifetime of experience in this way is in no yeah. way. It's the yeah. most complex thing you can do. Uh, yeah. And I think it's brave, honestly. Like it's, it's at least for me, something like that, it's uncomfortable. But you always feel better. And I think he does like when you get it out and get it out in the world. And then when people hear it uh, and they respond positively to it, then it's just, yeah, it, there's, there's nothing better. So he made a great album. I, uh, I think one of the last times I saw him in person was, no, that's not right. Uh, but he was at the Phil Cook show uh, at Daniel Spack's place here, who's also in col- collection of colonies of bees where Phil was uh, doing the piano songs. Uh, oh, I would cool. love to see him and Phil do a, like not even a tour, just a couple cities, uh, yeah. you know, where they, Chris does one half and Phil does one half. It's just, it's so spiritually similar. And the more people I know in that orbit, like it's no, there's no question of why they succeeded. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Uh, what a lovely end note for this show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I hope you listening, uh, enjoyed all that. Got your little music fix, your little, uh, news fix. We'll be back in about two weeks. Uh, we still need to work on getting some interviews in the can. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk to you once we're off mic about one in particular that could be wild. So, uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.